Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast, where we talk all things menopause. And that doesn't mean just hot flashes or night sweats or bloating or waking or all those other physical things that happen to us. But today we're talking about what happens to us around our careers and the changes that we make and the purpose that we might be coming into the world and and awakening to at this time of our lives. Today with me is Rosemary Carminati, and she is an elite trainer with Peter Sage Academy. She helps people and women course, step into the dance between business and life so they can experience the joy of unity and fulfillment today and every day. Welcome, Rosemary. Thank you so much, Joan. I like to end with today and every day and the proverbial, if not now, when. Right. And I say that to people all the time. It's like, how long do you want to put up with feeling this way? And how long do you want to be unfulfilled in your work life, in your professional life? If you're beyond the workforce, then it might be just that you have a special purpose in mind to take you through the rest of your life. And the other thing I find in folk, I want to say our age, but I'm not (laughs) sure how old you are, but let's say we've been through some of some decades. (laughs) I also like to say to some of the folks that I have in my life, you're too young to be so old. And I have so many people that I've known in my life and I see changes because it's a ripple effect when they see some things I'm doing, but they already have resigned themselves and that chapter's closed and I can't do that anymore. Well, you know, at our age, we can't. Who wrote that book? In our reality, we get to rule. We get to be the stars in our movie. And so who's going to dictate when the chapter closes on what activity in our book? So let me just say that for many of us, menopause was that trigger to old. And too many of us come into menopause and we're in our late 40s. We are not old. Uh We're barely middle-aged at that point. I promise you, you'll figure that out as you go if you haven't already. But we condition to think of menopausal women, postmenopausal women as old. And I also I say, you know, Crohn's and hags. And I, I talk very often about Crohn's being, being a wonderful word that is derived from the same root as crown. So let's not ever 
talk about huh? crowns as being old or washed up or anything. But we go into our doctors and maybe we've our weight has shifted and maybe we're feeling a little bit of menopausal arthritis or some of those other symptoms that just make us feel not quite so young anymore. And we say to our doctor, but I feel so awful. And our doctors will often, not every doctor, I'm not going to say that, but very often our doctors will say, well, well, what do you expect? You're getting older. Or how about the script pad that comes out? That's (laughs) scary stuff. They're ready to write a prescription. Absolutely. So what I try and remind people is the average age of menopause is 51. The average lifespan of women at the age of 51 is almost 82 at this point in the United States. It's different in different countries, but it's three decades. That's the same as from the time you were a baby to the time you turned 30 Mm -hmm. or the time that you were 20 to the time you are now. So it's a lifetime, really. And you have all this time. And all this personhood to embrace and explode with. Oh, and there's so much to experience. I know I have found the older I've gotten, I used to say I saw life as a rainbow and I saw a lot of different colors because I've always appreciated different personalities, different cultures. I love to meet new people. The older I get, the more I appreciate their little idiosyncrasies. And I'm actually drawn to people that normally I would think, well, they're a little bit different. And instead, I find more similarities and relish and enjoy those strange little quirks. I have them and a lot of other people I know have them and how wonderful we've gotten to the point. That's the good thing about getting older is that those of us that have accepted the fact that it's okay that we don't have to worry so much about what other people think about us. As long as you're not harmful to other people, you don't spend your time thinking, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? How are they going to judge me? But there's still a lot of folks out there. I want to say they're suffering unnecessarily. So when you were saying they go through that physical change in menopause, but the emotional changes that they aren't prepared for, and a lot of our culture doesn't talk about, are some of the things like their sense of purpose and their identity. And our identity is so powerful. It helps us to determine who we are, but also our decisions we make, the folks we hang around with, how we feel inspired to get out of bed every day. Absolutely. I know for me, there was a lot of years I had an identity that I did not agree with, but it was so ingrained in me. Mm. And folks say that imposter syndrome. Well, that is an epidemic as well. There's a lot of people that are living and speaking one way and not really living congruently with the way they feel, their purposes, their values. So I love to work with folks that are saying to themselves, as you said, who am I? Is this all there is? How much more do I have to contribute? My kids are gone. Either my career has changed or I've retired. What do I do now? What do I do now? Yeah. And the first one is to look at that identity statement. And I have to tell you, I have an exercise that I love doing. And I reinvent my identity statement. Oh, every once in a while. And I just, I'm going to read my identity statement to you. Oh, perfect. When I say... 
I'm an elite trainer with the Peter Sage Academy. Most people are like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, what does that mean? But when I tell you who I truly am, I am an inspiring and vibrant mentor and distributor of hope who spreads wisdom and celebrates uniqueness and growth by empowering others to reinvent themselves and ignite their potential. Wow. So what I'm hearing, but there's a part, there is a definite embrace of the wisdom that comes to us as we age. And as we, you said something about forgetting that people pleasing thing, just Mm -hmm. sending that to the side. And if you're familiar with my work, if you're familiar with what I talk about in I Just Want to Be Me Again, part of that is really hormonal because our hormones have been chasing us down this road of being in a community that can protect us and we can be part of as we raise our children. And that goes back to, obviously, when we were hunter-gatherers and tribes <laughs> tribes <laughs> and tribes need to work together in order to allow for the continuation of the tribe. And I remember we were talking about those word things that yeah. just seem to flee. So yes. <laughs> like little rabbits. <laughs> I like to think of them as birds. They just fly <laughs> off into the distance. <laughs> anyway, so that's actually, it has been proven that that's estrogen driven. So estrogen is making us more and more likely to be people pleasers when we are in those fertile years. And it's so we can raise children without them dying. Makes sense. Makes sense. So now it retreats. Estrogen retreats. We got start going through menopause. And I don't know about you, but it happens probably every day on my Facebook feed where someone will come along and say, I give up being a people pleaser. Why did I do this for so many years? But we all did. Mm-hmm. And so there's really nothing wrong with having been at that point. And there's nothing wrong with giving it up and shedding. I say it's shedding. So when we find our new identity, not only do we grow and expand, like I did with my words, my verbiage of what I call myself, but I shed a lot of those limiting beliefs and those things that, my gosh, sometimes they go back to childhood. The nickname you had, it's still Mm. stuck up in your head. The I can't do that. She does that better. Those things that we've put onto ourselves or someone else has put onto us, it's never too late to get rid of those. And it's so wonderful. It's like shedding that albatross, that thing that's been on your neck. And it takes some deep dive and it takes some work. And it takes practice and a habit of when you catch yourself that you go back to a positive affirmation, but it can be done. And boy, the peace and the absolute fulfillment you can get from shedding the stuff that doesn't serve you anymore and probably never served you (laughs) and finding new, wonderful, empowering, uplifting, makes you stand tall, breathe deeper. Your body language changes. I mean, your body movement, everything changes. And people react to you differently, too. Absolutely. So when you're working with a client who is, and let's stick with the women through this age, as opposed to, and I know you work with them beyond that, but where do you start in having helping them reinvent who they are? 
Well, part of reinvention is identity and finding purpose. When we look at identity, we look at your gifts. Mm -hmm. And when we look at purpose, we look at your values, your goals. And again, we could do a whole podcast on each one of those values. I mean, if you think about the decades in your life, how your values have changed. And once again, how many of your values were imposed or inherited from Mm. your parents, from the things you were taught. And you start questioning as you get older, why did I ever believe that? Did I really believe that? Was I committed to that? Or was that just something me going through the motions because that's what I was taught? That's what a good girl is supposed to do. Or And so I have exercises like I have one that is absolutely fabulous where we choose out of hundreds of different values, we choose our 12 most important values that we find and then narrow it down to four. And this can take hours sometimes. Oh, I believe it. it. And because you think, oh, well, that no, well, but that's not as important as that one. And then you keep flipping around the priorities. And when you get down to those final four, two things happen. I have an accountability buddy that's part of my training mm-hmm. in my program and assigned a partner to go through the exercises with. And when I did them, I cried tears of joy because my four most important values were completely in alignment with how I'm living today. So mm-hmm. I just was. I was so excited that I felt so put together. It took a lot of years. <laughs> it's not like an overnight so process. I, the interesting thing is I do a similar exercise with my people. I have a program that's a bonus in my coaching program called Beyond the Bucket List. And it's mm-hmm. the purpose is to create a vision board. But I <laughs> prefer to create a vision board that's really in alignment with my life rather than a shopping list. Well, so often the people have the big boat, the big house the big on boat, the hill. The, the diamond right. ring, the house in the, yeah. But so one of the pieces of that is to go through your values. The other piece, not just what you want your values to be, how you want, want to live your life, but also looking at the values that you came from your parents, from your family whoever raised you from your father figure, your mother figure, and also the community you were raised in. Oh, your environment. Yeah. Because it's so interesting. I've I've talked with women who've come from, let's call them ethnic environments, you know, Jewish environments, or from Southern Black environments. And they have very specific sets of values. And now they want to say, is this still my value? Mm-hmm. Is this where it this is where it came from? Do I want to keep it or right. do I want to let it go? And it's not until we actually look at these things that we really can move forward in that. If you're not living within your values, you're not living authentically. If we're not living authentically, you don't have true fulfillment and peace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's so many people that are so unaligned, not in alignment. And the other thing I love to do when I do my values is to look at the values that you run away from. Let's say um, something that's away that you're adverse, averse to the value. Like for in my instance, let's say conflict. I'm a conflict avoider. It's the fight or flight. I'm the flight. I am just. And what ended up happening is I was looking at is. I was putting such emphasis on avoiding conflict. It was keeping me from accomplishing so many goals because 
I like to say that big, bad boogeyman, that uh, the, the uh, what do I want to say, the monster in the closet was much bigger than the actual conflict potential. So we come up with some affirmations about how strong and powerful and that conflict, what's the worst it's going to do? I mean, it right. actually ends up being almost comical when you look at some of the things that have stopped you because then you say, and and then if that happened, what would happen? What would happen? And so on. And you, you say, and that's why you avoided that? <laughs> so if you find your four things that you've been avoiding, mm. that can be just as powerful as finding the things that you value, that you want to keep in your life, because it has stopped me many times. Procrastination how many people procrastinate because of fear of failure or fear of other people's opinions and what they might say? Well, when you stop and you look at it and you say, okay, and if you do that and someone doesn't like it, and what happens? You're going to die? No. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, but we procrastinate because of that. So if we start looking at it almost comically like, oh, really? Why am I avoiding that conflict? Because it's really not conflict. It's not going to harm me physically. It's really not going to traumatize me emotionally. So it's time to stand up and do what I need to do and stop making excuses. So values clarification. I love that because, as I said, that's something that I think that we hit as we go through this period is that we start saying, well, are these really values that I hold dear? So you look at, at values, you look at identity, talk a little bit about goals. purpose. In order to find your purpose, you have to determine your values and you have to determine your goals. So they're kind okay. of under the umbrella of purpose. And when you look at your goals, you were talking about vision boards. And this one little thing about vision boards has always, I've always wanted to say to people, well, well wait, wait, you forgot something. To me, I've known too many people in my life that have had these wonderful vision boards, and I know them well enough to know they don't really believe they deserve what's in that on that vision board. Mm. And so working on that first before we start making our goals, your self-love, your self-worth right. is, is essential. And then the goals, the clarity that you have in those goals, but the vision board to me what I teach and what I've learned is I've been doing this for years. No one told me with uh, words what it meant. But when I always visualized something that I wanted to accomplish, I also added the emotional component to it yeah. where I would actually physically and emotionally feel the response that would come with realizing that goal. Mm. First law of manifestation is yes, but is, so many people don't talk of it. Yeah, it has you to know, be based in emotion, right? But so many people don't actually talk about. Well, let's talk about how you would feel as you're standing. How would your breath feel? It, just so many different little things that can help someone with that visualization. Right. You can visualize the nice thing on the beach, but let's get into okay. But then I felt a sense of calm or my breath was deeper, or I felt that as I'm walking, I'm walking lighter because I've lifted that burden. It's just, it sounds so simple to me, but it's mm -hmm. so powerful to make Absolutely. a difference in actually believing and experiencing that goal. So do you use that kind of visualization when you're helping someone determine how to fulfill their purpose? 
Yes, I do. I help them find their own, <laughs> their own visions. Oh, it, right. You know, the work that I do, the folks themselves have to do the work, you know. Absolutely. It, I mean, yeah. And I have to preface too that I am not a coach. I don't work one-on-one. I have okay. a program that I facilitate. Okay. I'm a trainer for Peter Sage. So these programs were put together by Peter Sage. Okay. And this gentleman, his credentials go 30 years of experience as a human behavior uh, specialist. He worked for Tony Robbins for 15 years. Okay. He's been ranked one of the top 20 inspirational speakers in the world. So I found him complete fluke. That's the way the universe works. And I went to one of those sales summits, you know, that's got 12 speakers and you're kind of like, la, la, la. And I love Les Brown and all the other people that are on it. But, you know, you're just kind of listening while you're doing something else. And when Peter Sage started talking, his language was exactly what I needed to hear. And he speaks very common sense with a lot of human daily analogies that fit. And just that's the way I learn. And I understood it. and. You might love Tony Robbins. You might take give him or take him or leave him, however you want to say it. Uh, his approach is different than the way I like. I'm not an in-your-face. And so at first when I heard he worked for Peter Say uh, for Tony Robbins, I was, and then I started listening, like, oh, yeah, the tenants are there, the beliefs are there, but it's a whole different philosophy filled with a lot of acceptance, gratitude, and love. And a lot less of go out there, you can do it. You know, I was raised in the corporate sales world of get up, learn it, do it, work harder, faster, more efficient, all of that. Do it yourself. And instead, what I learned and what I'm teaching other people is you learn and you do it through me. So you give up on that whole notion of how it's going to get accomplished. You believe and you have faith in the wisdom of the flow of the river. You trust the process, you do the work, but then you let go of that how. And I lived too much on that how and those expectancies that just leave you feeling unfulfilled or initial success. And then what's next? And then success. And then what's next? And there's never enough. Never enough. Yeah. So one of the things that I am real that I find in terms of my work and looking at how we come through this phase and through this process of menopause and how it changes us. And it's interesting because as women, we tend to work from both the emotional side and the cyclic side. So we are often tied into our cycles. And then we hit menopause and the cycles go away and we start to change a little bit and become more straight line focused. And so we're able, if we choose we are able to integrate sort of this masculine and feminine ways of thinking and approaching things. So I I love what you're talking about, you know, using both sort of the, the feminine side of intuition and knowing that it's going to accomplish, but we're also capable of taking and smoothing down and maybe feminizing a little bit of that house so we can... Mm -hmm work through it without feeling so rigid, maybe, is the word. Yeah, more flexible, definitely. Yeah. That's that's another grace that we have as we get older. Yeah. 
Well, because life has given you, besides all of the hormonal things, it's the wisdom. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, on a whole nother podcast on some of the things that people have gone through in their lives and how they've accomplished and fulfilled and contributed. A big part of what I've experienced in later in life is how important contribution is to me. Yeah. And not just helping other people, but helping people grow and, and feel significance and raising their consciousness. And to me, there's no monetary value to that. It's, I'm not in it for the money. It's what I feel is a big part of my purpose. Yeah. And your purpose is there. Mine is over here with trying to help women ditch their symptoms so that they can start down this path. That's where I am. As a lot of my women are dealing with the discomfort of menopause and menopausal symptoms. So oh, I had a bunch of them. I was <laughs> at the time I was I started premenopause in my late 30s. And I had wow. such debilitating back pain. And at the time, I was an aerobics instructor and a personal trainer. It was hard for me to even get through a day and teach five classes, you know, mm -hmm. just, yeah. yeah. And I had to go through doctor after doctor of the poo-poo stuff. You know, oh. then they wanted to put me on antidepressants. And another one wanted to give me a full hysterectomy without an exam. Oh, you know, <laughs> lovely, lovely, lovely. And You've heard all the stories. So. I have heard all the stories. And I know that what most women want and need is to get through with a, as little intervention as possible so that they can start this process of reinventing themselves, of being in my book, I call it not just themselves again, but you 2.0. And we get a chance to bring ourselves out as this new invention in this well, part of our I, lives. I usually end when I speak with people, I say my favorite saying, and I say it every day when I look in the mirror, I say, today is my favorite day, and I'm going to squeeze every drop of life out of it. Well, that's a great philosophy. Rosemary, thank you so much for coming today and joining me in this podcast. If somebody is looking to reach out to you, I know the information is in the show notes, but just tell where they can find you. Sure. I'm on Facebook, Rosemary Carminati. It's a mouthful, but <laughs> it'll be in the show notes. My website is yourtransformationtrainer.com. My email is yourtransformationtrainer at gmail.com. And what I ask is a conversation, because wow. as a personal trainer, the last thing I would do is make, an, is make a recommendation without doing some type of assessments, what your needs are, where's a good fit, you know, help you find your goals or reinvent your goals. Maybe you don't know you need goals. You know? <laughs> Maybe you think you're too old for goals, but you're yes. not. Yes. Oh, that's too sad. I don't even like hearing that. I know. I know. <laughs> Rosemary, thank you so much for coming and talking with me today. Thank I'm you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. 
You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you. 